0: Welcome to the Swiss Property Podcast. I'm Tyron Zaffer and it's great to have you with us. In today's episode, we interview a local property investor, Irma, who shares his story and some great insights around his approach to investing, especially his mindset around what he looks for in buying property, his approach on becoming a good saver and not a spender, and then what to improve within the house and how to approach renovations. It's a great conversation and I really appreciate Erman's time. And there's learning that I took away from the interview that I'll definitely be implementing in my future investments. I hope you enjoy this. Show. I'm Tyrone and I'm here today with Erman. Thanks a lot Erman for for joining.
1: Thank you for inviting me and having me. <laughs> <Thank> you, <sir. laughs>
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited by um, actually having this conversation uh, and the chance to, to hear from you and, and learn from your experience. Uh, I know the first time we met was on a actually looking at a property deal and uh, it's the one I actually bought and and you gave a lot of great advice and uh, I really remember it. I, I still remember you said that your dad always said, check the top, check the bottom uh, of the property. So you know make sure it's got good foundations. The roof is still still solid. So yeah, thank you for that.
1: You're very welcome. No, by the way, I have to correct it, how my dad says Oh, said.
0: please, please.
1: You have to have a hat which is protecting your head so you don't get wet, and you have to have shoes that are protecting your feet so they don't get wet. <laughs> so the basic idea is protect the house from water, especially, in you know, like here in these areas where it, it, it rains quite a bit, and you have to have a dry house. The moment you have water in the house, is it through a leak in the roof or two problems in the bottom, or... Uh, with the, with the sanitary, uh, you know, how do you call them? The,
0: the pipes and uh, etc. Yep.
1: Water is the worst; that makes the most damage in the house. So this is the key. What I'm looking for personally, and what I, in my experience, found that if if you have water in the house, it's always some kind of trouble behind it.
0: And do you are you a, uh, do you get frightened by that, or because you have the team, you have your your business? that's okay it's just you adjust maybe on the price
1: that you offer or you want to get right into that or you want to build up to that
0: yeah let's build actually you're right let's build up to that because i i am always interested in those things so yeah why don't you maybe just introduce yourself and yeah tell us a bit about your background and how you got into
1: property well, actually, I'm chiropractor by trade. Uh, I, I studied chiropractic, and I'm uh, in Switzerland. It's a doctor of chiropractic, where you study medicine first, then become a chiropractor and medical chiropractor. But I'm a chiropractor at heart, studied in LA, came back and was very fulfilled with my job. But uh, on the other hand, I wanted not to be dependent on my job and having, to work, having my freedom at my work financially, not having to push. So I thought how I could earn money. And since my dad was already in the real estate business, I tried to copy him as much as I could. Like, you know, when you start out, as you said before, and then I started, you know, buying one, two, three, and then I built up a small uh, portfolio. And when my dad passed away about 10 years ago, I took his portfolio, the family took his portfolio and we built a company, a small company, and we're doing it on our own pretty much. It's not huge. It's in the, let's say in the small to small to small, medium size, and we are doing everything in a professional way, but not trying to overgrow. You know at a certain point you have to make decisions i have different businesses and this is the one i'm earning my living with i have fun with because it's construction and it's maintenance and it's the same with the body you know i have to maintain and keep the body healthy so i have to maintain and keep the houses healthy so this is as far as keeping it and then we can come to the point where you mentioned is what makes me decide how am i going to buy a house You know, I think this was one of the key questions you had at the beginning when we first met, you know, what are you looking for. I mentioned the house, but of course there's many, many other factors which you have to look at. And the first one, which we were talking also before is the money, you know, you have to have money to buy a house. Yeah. Uh, And you have to be careful you don't caught in a trap, especially in Switzerland, where you can get loans, they have restrictions as far as the loans are concerned, they're making calculations. And it's become much more strict now than when I started in the, in the 90s and 2000s, or my dad started in the 80s, where you had very high interest rates, where the houses were cheaper. I mean, talking about 6 7% for Switzerland is very high now, we are going back up again, but we're still at 2%, which is one third of what we used to pay. And it was in the meantime it was down to 0.5%. So, having this this at the time you had the houses at a certain price, but you had also not that many restrictions. After what happened in 2008, the banks started changing. You you know we all know about that. And the, the, in Switzerland it's called the Finma, which said that you have to have a certain amount of money you put in and the banks have to evaluate it based on a, on a frame that's been set up. You know, they, they have this, this calculator where they put in the, the notes. And this is if you do it on a very, on a high level where you have big portfolios talking about 50, 100, 200 million or even more, uh, you have to do it that way because you can't oversee everything uh, at my size. It's, it's it's not that big, but it's big enough for me to, to have to analyze it. But from the beginning until now, I bought, I'm buying the houses when I like a house. And the like comes from experience, I think, you know. As I look at it, you know, like after I met you, I bought two, two, two properties, I told you also. And those two properties, the one of them, I got a phone call in the morning at 10 o'clock we had the handshake at four o'clock in the afternoon the whole process took another month and actually this first of september i took over the the second house there it was a house with like six seven eight uh, apartments or uh, units and uh, for me it was the right thing to do i liked it because there was work to be done like when i have a patient coming to me i like the difficult ones (laughs) those who have problems like real problems and those problems are interconnected, you know, having not just the shoulder aching or the back aching, having the foot ache because the head has a problem, for example. So the same thing is with those houses. It's overseeable. I liked, the, I liked uh, what I saw and then I made the decision to buy the house. And then you can distract this information into smaller parts. And then you have to ask me what you would like to know because there's so many different aspects you have to take care of.
0: I think something. I there is so much you've just said there. Let's go through those. So one thing you said about uh, at the very beginning is the finance. So how do you, or and how would you approach this? Because the banks have a stringent approach. They, you know, it's a five. At the moment, it's five percent calculation up to thirty-three percent of your salary. Kind of that's the threshold of the repayment. And there's if you can, if it's within that, they probably will give you a loan. Now the, you're also able to take.
1: Unless you buy it for yourself,
0: unless you buy it for yourself, okay. What do you What do you mean?
1: Well, you have the There's a they finance more in Switzerland. It's like that. Like you can go up to seventy five percent financing. There's this twelve percent in between, or this eight percent in between. You can finance with like your uh, we call it drittes Eihe, you your know, pension. third pillar, the yep. second pillar, your, your pension those first, second, third pillars, the second and third you can use as a collateral to finance it, you know, this difference. So they can um, decide for yourself. Right,
0: right. So when you buy it for yourself, you're able to maybe have a higher loan to value ratio and you can have maybe less cash in. You can use the pension, the third, the 3A uh, or 3B, and you can either pledge it or... uh, Pillar 2, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, 2 and 3, both. of 2 and 3, yeah. Yeah. And then you can either pledge it or take it out and put it in. Right. So there's. oh, you can pledge it. You can take it out.
1: Take it. Or you it. can take it out depending. There's also different regulations you can yeah. see. It's not always the same. So there's more, you know, then we have to talk only about that.
0: <laughs> only about <laughs> financing options. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I guess the first question is for a lot of people as well uh, that i speak to is they, they they don't have the money or they automatically think you need a lot of money to buy something and they just don't know how to get it so what what's your advice have you always been a, a good saver uh, have you started small and grown uh, how do you, how would you yeah approach it both okay
1: both yeah i was a good saver i you know i, I never indebted myself i think that's a philosophy you have to have to adapt i'm at a certain age where my dad was born in the 30s you know so he grew up in turkey by the way during the war his childhood he passed in the war and the second world war so when you have this experience and you get this from your parents you're not into the modern you where you have you know you have everything you buy everything what you want we are in a very we live in a very lush uh, society, we have everything and we can buy everything, but we don't have the money to buy everything, so we take credits already at the very basic needs level, such as I'm talking basic need, such as not for everybody. Basic need, if I say a car, you don't buy a car cash nowadays, you lease a car, which I never did, you know, if it wasn't for business but for my own. I always bought what I could afford. And that philosophy starts, started many, many years ago where I said, I have to save my money to get something. I created money by looking for business that would help me to buy the house. That's a complete different story. It's not the point of telling that that I can tell you some other time, but I created money in a legal way. I just looked for opportunities and they came to me because I was looking for them. know and i i I am and i was very uh, open to everything all my life you know so i think this is very important that it has to fit your personality money doesn't come on its own you have to look for it if you are ready if you have the uh, the the open heart and the open mind and the the necessary let's say uh, the, the readiness to, to work on yourself and become a little bit philosophical, but it starts like that. You know, For me, it started like that with the savings, and with, with the idea I had. And then I found ways of doing it. You know, The first bank I went to here was a BLKB, it's the basel kantonal Bank. I went there, said, listen, this is my goal. I wanna buy a house. I have this, I have this. This is missing at the time that was possible. And can you help me? And I said, who are you? I said, look, this is me. And I have a goal, and this is my goal is over there. I'm One day I'm going to have this and this many houses, five, 10, whatever. I didn't know it's going to be like it is now, but that, that was my goal. So I set my goals clearly. I went to the bank, and they said no. I went to the Credit Suisse, they said no. I went to BKB, where I met actually, that was a coincidence. The guy who was the, the part of the finance was a friend from primary school a friend which i knew him from primary school he was the guy who was always beating up everybody you know so we were all afraid of him and he became a banker (laughs) so uh, we sat together and um, he looked at the finances he saw what i was earning as a chiropractor and he, he saw what i had and what I had saved. And he said, you know, you're missing this and that, but we can do it. And he gave me ways out and he found the solution. So it needs, I think it was partially my work, which was looking for it, but it was also the readiness and finding the right person helping you out. There's, there's regulations, but when I talk to banks, the regulations set the framework and there's always space you know, and the space is something you can use. It's more restricted now before this extra space was wider, but there's still some space. And if you find the right people, if you talk and present the opportunity and can really show that what you're doing is going to profit them because that's why they give the money, then there's help there. So I could finance which much less than the then the 33% with me, I ended up financing it with, at the time, let's say 10, 15% own capital. Still, if you buy a house with 2 million, it's still 300,000, which is a lot of money, you know. But, uh, you know, you go and then I asked this person and that person, and you know, let's do something. And then I found a way of doing it, you know. So I think- that was the first house. That was the hardest one. Oh, really, that was hard. That was really, really hard. And I was already, how old was I? Like 30-something, 30 38, 39, when I started my business in real estate. You know, other, others have portfolios at my age when I started. I had a profession which I love and loved, uh, which I educated myself. I never had the idea of getting into real estate. My dad is an architect and he started a little bit before me because he didn't have the money to he he had no chance of earning money any other way so he started with real estate himself but that had nothing to do with my business he just gave me the knowledge and knowledge is as you know much very often much more worth than any financial help you can get because money goes comes goes loses value but knowledge is something that's very valuable to all of us you know and with that you can move on
0: Absolutely, it's it's amazing how the stories you hear about these multimillionaires who have lost everything and they make it back even more. And it's because they've gone through the uh, the experience. They have that knowledge. They ha- they have the team around them, and they, they can do it.
1: Yes. And I think
0: the story you said about your your dad's kind of background and the work ethic and the saving mentality that you had, uh, I think also is a, a huge lesson. Because I think we have sometimes we have it not too easy but credit can be easily accessible and the lifestyle everyone wants the lifestyle now the instagram lifestyle now mm-hmm. you know instead of you know realizing that it takes 5 10 15 years to get to that point you then buy it with cash and it's uh, as uh, robert kiyosaki says or um, it's a it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's it's not a liability or, or a doodad it's actually a an asset or, or, or it's a toy, but you're buying it from assets. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really important. That mindset shift.
1: It's the mindset shift on one side. It's the, the, it's your personality on the other side. You know, it's, there's a lot of factors playing into it. I think the key for me is that you can set goals that you can set, have a vision, you know, like everybody talks about that. And if you would have told me now having this, multi-million franc business, you know, coming from nothing at the beginning and being able to work and having, let's say, at the end with all the businesses, 70, 80 people working for me, with me actually more, then I would have said, no, it's just me, no way. I just want to treat patients, you know, but it kind of evolved parallel. So I did, all my businesses evolved, you know, and uh, that, that was the mindset I had and which was, which was given to me from from my family, from my dad, which I'm uh, very thankful for. You know, uh, the basics were being able to live within your abilities. Only what he did, he programmed me at a young age, he said, you can reach and do everything you want as long as you want it. You have to work for it, but you can do everything. So when I come to a problem like with houses, uh, I just do it, and then I think about how I'm going to do it financially, for example. I just make a decision, and then I do it, and then I find the solution how to do it. But the decision is the first thing which I do. is not not Oh, how I'm going to do it, and how I'm going and how this is going to work, and how I'm going to finance it, and who's going to be the people doing it. I just do it, and then I find everything. This is how I learned, and first house I built on my own was my own house or renovated on my own which is my house where if I would do it now it would look much different because it was the first one it was a great learning experience and from there that was uh, from there I started I also built a house from scratch you know on my own meaning no architect no engineering from people I had to get the engineering in but I did everything on my own from scratch, you know, getting the permissions, doing the building, getting the people for the construction. I built my own construction company and hired people to build the house because I wanted it the way I wanted it and I wanted to learn how it works. It took me, instead of six months, it took me three years, but I finished it and it, the value of the house went from 2 million where I bought it to 5 million afterwards. So the asset for working three years, it made me gain more than double the value of the house. Of course, there's some investment I had to do, but the investment doing it on, our, on your own uh, was, 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 let's say, not that big at the end. So it leaves me with a nice, not cash flow, but, but with the uh, with the money uh, at hand which I can then use for further investments. At the end you know the rules are always the same they're always very simple actually you listen to everybody you spend more than what you have it's a problem you eat more than what you need you're going to gain weight and you know it's always the same and this is basic law of nature and physics and, and mathematics you know it's plus minus at the end
0: and what, why is it i know this is maybe off topic but why why is it um why is it so difficult like what is it in society that drives us or changes this behavior because the the lesson is clear you know uh, like your dad said live within your means you know there's the things there's always a place and time for everything you know if i if i come out of university and i want a a brand new swanky you know five-seater convertible or something i I need to work towards it and i I remember a story that my mom said she um she was there with her with her partner with my dad at the time And uh, all her friends were moving out. They'd started getting good jobs and they were moving out to more expensive property. You know, they wanted to upgrade their life. You know, now they earned more, so they needed to represent that life in a a more expensive way. But all of them were renting. It was all on borrowed kind Mm -hmm. of money. And my mom said, no, we won't move until we buy. And so they stayed in this kind of small little house for a couple of years, saved and bought. And in the end, you know, three, four, five years down the track, they were ahead of the game, had a property, you know, were moving financially into a more secure place. And the others who kind of jumped forward to, to live a lifestyle they couldn't necessarily afford were still renting and were still leasing and were still living on this borrowed kind of life.
1: It's, I think, dramatic in our society that we are, we have way too much or focus way too much on material goods than on our other values. You know, I think it's, it's terrible when I see the young children nowadays not having something to look forward to because you have instant dopamine in your brain <laughs> through the mobile revolution. You know, which I, I had black and white TV when I was a child. You know, and you can satisfy your needs immediately. It's just uh, digital satisfaction, and this digital satisfaction is not, at the end, satisfying. It's very unhealthy. For me, that's the way I look at it. And and it 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 has destroyed. It has a lot of goods to it, but it is destroyed a lot. Also in, in in mankind overall, where we have lost ground values, you know. You asked me before, how did that happen? I think, and who is in? I think the media are a big, big part of this destruction. I think our ego, our desire to uh, to to be, um, I lost my thought, but our desire to be. Uh, to be present, to show off all, all these unnecessary needs, which as a child, as a young person, I can understand. But as you mature, and the people today, I don't see them maturing as they should. They stay in this bubble, you know, in this unhealthy bubble, physically, mentally, emotionally. And when they try to get out of it, they can't because they're so attached to their Rolex watch. They're so attached to their Mercedes car. They're so attached. And if they lease it, the worst is that they have to pay more than, <laughs> it's 10, 20% more. So you're not just losing the money which you're paying for something that you don't really need. You also pay more for it. How are you going to save? You're not. It's a vicious cycle which keeps on adding on and on and on and on over time. You know and you never get ahead like that so you have to make a cut at a certain point you have to make a clear decision i'm going to be healthy financially i'm going to be healthy and that all fits together with the body you know body mind spirit all these issues they go into one place you have to take care of yourself and i see a lot of successful people that are not happy and this is the worst i think having people, being successful, unhappy, this is really the worst, you know? And, and uh, I think it's very important for all of us to find the inner peace before you find the outer peace. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work any other way for me. You know, my happiness comes from within, not from without and uh, i'm not saying anything new i know this is uh, all everybody's teaching that and i'm I'm not here to teach but i'm just here to say that you have to focus on the real values in life before you can become real successful and success is not not measured by uh, by the money you have but it's measured by what you have achieved to satisfy yourself and if that's correlated and you can you can see that with the money the money part uh, will eventually reflect that automatically if you're doing that in a business you know so if i'm happy to, you know every time i had a challenge i grew but i was always growing in happiness and satisfaction doesn't mean that i don't have unhappy moments i did have it doesn't mean I didn't have challenges. I did have. It doesn't mean I didn't lose. I did. It doesn't mean I had to get back. Uh, I couldn't put, I got back up, you know. But it was always with a safe foundation. If I eat healthy, the chances of me staying healthy. If I have a solid foundation in the house, the chances of the house staying longer. If I have solid walls and the foundation is good, a lot of people only see the surface, only see the makeup in the house, it's the same. You can hide problems in the walls. You know, I, I, My father's best friend who died last year, he's also an architect. He said, the big lie is the outside. The truth is inside a house which you don't see. He said, when I showed him the one house I told you before which it took me three years, and he followed that and he helped me out with that. He said, you did great work within. Whatever you did on the outside, it makes it look nice, but the house within is nice. You know, the foundation, the materials you use for the cement, high quality cement, the isolations you made, which was high quality, never save on the materials, on the quality. It doesn't have to be the most expensive, but it has to be the best. If I don't have strong bones in my body, I can have the the best makeup and the nicest outfit. I'm not going to be healthy if I don't have a strong heart. So these are the things, this is for me, the core of this business is understanding how the house works. And I do compare it with the body. It's not the same, but for me, this this, this analogy kind of fits in many ways. You have to really take care of the inside. The outside, a paint job is done very quickly, takes two days. But if you just overpaint it, eventually you're gonna have problems with it. And that's how, if you get into the business, now I'm making closing the circle here. If you get into the business, you buy a house and you're looking at the outside without understanding the inside, then you can lose a lot of money. So this is the science you have to watch for coming back to the subject we started with. These are the signs we have to watch for. What's the danger which I don't see? It's not what I see which makes a house interesting. You remember I told you when we first met, you know, I don't care about the outside look of a house. You asked me, how do you like the house? I said, actually, I like it, it's not for me. You know, because it was too small, it's for somebody like you who wanted to have for himself and make the investment for himself. But for me as an investor, it's not interesting. It's too small, it's too much work. You know, but for you, it's the right house The foundation is right and you're going to see that the house from the age from the the way it's been built. It's not going to make you unhappy if you take care of it the right way if you just keep on painting over you're going to have huge problems with it eventually. You know that's a bad investment, so when you invest, you have to really watch these things and watch the inside of the house and understand the inside of the house. And that's part of it is experience, knowledge, know-how is how do you look at things? How do you touch things? How do you knock on things? Uh, These are all things you have to experience and learn as you move on, if you do it like I do it. If you're just an investor, different story. If you just buy and let other people do the work, different story, you know? But still, I like to be one-on-one with the houses. I like to know my buildings. I know all of them like I know all of my patients. <laughs> I know all my houses and I know where the, the negative sides are and the positive sides are and then in in Germany it's it's immobilie Immobilia, I heard, it's, it's a nice, right, it's a nice uh, they said, immobilia makes immobile. You have to stay with your immobilia. You have to stay, it makes it immobile. You have to really live it if you wanna have a healthy business. You have to be there for it and you have to take care of it. Or you have somebody who you know that it's taken care of in the right way. And as soon as the second person comes into play, uh, the second person or people from the outside, There's the danger of you as a beginner. Who am I going to choose? Who's going to take care of my body? Which surgeon is going to make my knees, my back surgery, my brain surgery? Who's going to take care of my plumbing? Who's going to take care of my heating? Who's going to take care of my electricity? Who's going to take care of my roof? If you choose the wrong people, you're going to have problems. If you choose the right people, and that's where I think is very important that you have a network and you build a network. You know, that's where it's the key.
0: What, 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 when you mentioned some of the points there, so there's one way you talked about, uh, well, first get the right people, but two, then um, kind of the focus and attention you have on the properties. And three, also, this original question was, how do you pick a property? Yes. Um, and what are you looking for? You're, you said you, when you knock and you hear something, can you can you describe a little bit about the, the telltale signs that you go into a property and, and not get distracted by the, the, the pretty wall or, or get put off by maybe a, a damp patch. But can you give a, a flavor to what people could be looking for or questions they should ask for or yeah, something like that?
1: I think the best way of finding out how the life of a house, which I did with the last house I just bought, I went to the people in the house. And I asked them directly, what do you think could I make better in the house? And then there was, for example, well, the doors are not going to the ground when the, when, when the window is open, the cold, the cold air comes from the bottom of, it comes into our apartment. If they bang the door, I can hear this and that. So this gives you some kind of an idea of the house. Yet yeah, the heating on the very top floor on the right side doesn't work properly. Or, you know, just those are the signs which I can without, it's like an amnesis with a patient. It's listening, first of all, the first step, listening to what the house says or what the people in the house say about the house. If it's the person who owned the house before, he doesn't tell you too much because he wants to sell the house. He's not going to tell you the problems. If you have a chance to talk to the people living in the house, that's the best way of finding out the some of the issues that the house could have. If he says, you know what, we have always, how do you say shimmel, you know, when you have, when it's wet and it becomes- Damp. Um, When it becomes green. uh, Yeah,
0: moist, yeah, Um, condensation.
1: No, no, but when it starts turning into- Oh, mildew. Say it again, mildew, Mildew. Mildew. yeah, exactly. When you have mildew in the house, you know, they say you have mildew and he comes in and he paints over it every year, you know. These are signs you have to listen to, you know? <laughs> so, so the first thing I would do is a proper anamnesis of the house, meaning I listen. One of my great teachers uh, in back in, in the States, he told me most important is not your mouth, it's your ears, okay? Listen to what the people say when you want to treat them. Same with the house. It. What do the people say in the house about the house? First step, you know, This is for basics. I'm talking about for beginners, you know, to give an idea is where do I start? Listen to the people talking to you. Second step, uh, as I told you, is looking at the roof, looking at the bottom, looking at the plans, looking at how the plans correspond with the house itself. And then when you go into details, depending on if the house is already renovated, knowing, when the last renovation was, when the last replacement of the heating system was, when the last electricity control was, because in Switzerland there's a regulation when you buy a house and the control has been older than, I'm not sure five or 10 years, you have to redo the whole thing. And if something doesn't work, you have to eventually change everything. They're all costs that at the end add up as you are living yourself, where you see, you know, I have a guy coming into, into my house, it costs me just for him to come here, 100, 200, 300 francs, just to have a look at something, but nothing has been done, you know, so if you start on patchworking, it's very difficult, but again, coming to the an- anamnesis, the anamnesis of the house, there's a, there's a listening anamnesis, and then there's the looking anamnesis, after I listen to the patient, very carefully asking the right questions. Then I'm looking at the patient and I'm looking at the house. Do I have cracks in the house? What kind of cracks do I have in the house? Is the cracks, uh, are they cracks because of time or movement or because of, build, of, of, the, of the wrong construction? You know, Has there been some mistakes while they were building the house? How old is the house? And depending on where the house is, how much movement is going to be more in the house, such as your house. Your house is in front or uh, besides a very frequented street and b- besides the tramway, which for me it's been staying there for I don't know 100 years, 80 years, whatever, yeah, for many years. years. If you don't have any major earthquakes as we had last Sunday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing, yeah. That was a, for, for us it was a major, in LA it would have been nothing, you know, but here it, it was a major one, 4.7 or something. Uh, if you have a house besides a place like that, and it's old, you can be quite sure that all the setting of the house is over. The house is not gonna set anymore, unless you're on an unsolid ground, but basically, that the, the foundation of the house is settled in. So that's something, that's one of the aspects you can ha- have as far as how do, you, how do I judge, judge those cracks, you know? And then uh, you look at the construction papers, uh, which are the x-rays of the house, basically. I'm making always this analogy. I like
0: this uh, analogy.
1: And then I'm looking at the x-rays and then I see what has been done and how has the house been built? Does, is it still like it was at the time? Has, has, has there been things rebuilt? How is the quality of things rebuilt, you know? And what kind of materials has been used? Uh, like there's a danger of houses built in the 70s, 80s. There's some chemicals in it, you know, the ethernet, you know, which is unhealthy, which when you take them away, it costs you even taking away the the, the, the plates in the, how do you call them? The, Plot the, it, you know. um the planks tiles, the tiles the tiles, tiles yeah you take away the tiles asbestos uh, you're referring to the asbestos you know uh which which are which are in the materials you have to take it out, out a certain way or you take a risk of the people taking it away being becoming uh having a danger f- having those fumes uh and breathing them in you know so these are the things you have to look at and this is something you can judge based on the renovation of the house when it was done, because at this time asbestos was used in the materials, let's say in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, not anymore, I think, or maybe in the 80s still. But that was the time where the asbestos was used uh, as part of the construction industry. And that's something you have to look at. So we were looking at at the body from the outside, so the skin of the house, right? Then you start palpating the house, like I palpate a patient. How are the muscles? How is the bones? How is it moving? How does the patient feel? Is it heated? Is it too cold? This is what I was telling, referring to. How is the dampness in the, in, in, in the cellar, you know? And then I look at the house. I go, for example, in the bathrooms, knock on the tiles, Then you can feel if it's hollow underneath, you're gonna have a problems very soon. So if you know you're gonna buy that house, you know you're gonna have to have some renovation there. And one suggestion and one experience, one thing I learned, don't patch. If you have a chance, if you have the finances, don't do patching. If you can't do anything else like I did at the beginning, but I had to learn the hard way. Uh, When you start patching, you patch, 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 and eventually the whole thing falls apart. So when you do renovate, renovate it from the inside out open it up and renovate it from the inside out. So now when I'm making, I'm just making a renovation on another apartment of mine, this sixth floor, which is a, which has a big terrace. It's from the seventies, the house, just as, a, as an example, the terrace since the seventies hasn't been cleaned so we had to take off all the I mean, there's been green and grass growing out between the, between the tiles, between the cement tiles. So we took everything out and re- realized that's really it's in bad shape. So we had to redo the whole thing. It's, I have uh, pictures, you know, if you had I tried, I could have prepared to show you something which is amazing how things uh, change over time, but 40 years without not doing anything something is gonna happen, something's gonna rot. So what am I gonna do? Is it too late to renovate it? I have to pull everything out. Can I still renovate it? Yes, I, in this case, I could. So I renovated it and made it look like new, but that's not important The looks underneath. It was working in a way that you can, it can last another 30, 40 years. The knowledge I get from the right guys, my network. You know, if I have a question like that, I know who to ask. And just like, the,
0: uh, it's a really good a good piece of advice, actually, because having the right people around you, the people you trust, and also, uh, I guess, the knowing the right questions to ask, yeah. so you know who to go to, you know what to ask them, you know where to see a problem to then ask. So it's it's also having that you know, awareness as well, checking the patient and checking the property.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and then coming back to the second part of the, the, the what I wanted to really talk about is like we have to redo the bathroom. So what I do when I re- renovate the bathroom, I check the pipes. You know, if a house is 30, 40 years old, you have to check the water pipes. Even though they are working well, if I have a chance, I can renovate everything. If I don't have a chance to renovate any, everything, I do the whole apartment and renovate all the pipes from that floor completely. You know, so the heating pipes, they don't, they are usually, they have a, because you don't have calcification in those. Uh, And if they're done well from that age, I know they can last quite long, but like the water pipes, depending the corrosion that can happen in the corners and the edges, that's experience you learn over time. Uh, And those things you have to just know. And that's, I made this mistake just by, taking everything out, making the most beautiful, most beautiful bathroom. You know, like everything new, everything high quality. And then you have a leakage of water somewhere. Then you have to pull out everything again. So the big investment you did, you had to do it twice, more or less, you know. So this is something you really have to be, watch out for when you take your steps, when you're renovating a house. And I'm buying houses mainly not, that needs work. I'm not buying finished houses because in my mind, I can't afford them. Now I can, but at the time I couldn't afford them. I, I kept this philosophy over time and it helped me to get where I am now, as far as this business is concerned.
0: How, how do you, because you mentioned um, like hollow tiles and you said don't patch, you know, do a proper job. So what does that mean? Does that mean when I look at a property, if yes. I need to do, like you said, the pipes, or I need to do the electrics, or I need to do a, a certain theme, then do the whole thing properly, versus uh, saying, "Okay, well, there's a little bit of electric work needed over here, so I'll just do I'll just do a little bit here. I won't change the whole thing." Is that what you mean?
1: Okay, electricity is not the ideal example because electricity, there's rules and laws that are changing and have changed. For example, the way you do the uh, you do the security. You know, how do you call them? The
0: Uh, the switches, the fuse box. The
1: fuse box, yes. That has changed and has been changing. So that has been changed over time, many times. And if you start doing something there, the law is going to require you to do something if you want it or not. So if you buy a house and everything is working, you don't touch it. The moment you start touching it and changing it, you're going to come and control and you're going to have to do everything. If it's working, it's fine. But certain things need to be changed. If I'm looking at houses, you had you had the electrical uh, cables, and they had uh, around it not the plastic, but they had the, around it is this material, you know, in the very old house.
0: Clothing material, like a felt. Clothing or... material, yeah. clothing
1: <laughs> material. So when you see that's dangerous, you know, if it's eighty nine years dose you have to pull out. You can't just patch it. When you see something like that, you have to change everything because the whole house can burn down because of that. if you have one problem right there. So that's as far as the electricity is concerned. The other thing with the patching is, of course you have to watch your finances. You know If I make something and five percent is broken and I renovate hundred percent, won't make sense. So I fix the five percent. I can't give a general answer or a general advice. I can't do that. You know, I don't want to do that. It's not fair. It's like if I would say every patient who has a neck problem, I'm going to adjust twice and then he's fine. It doesn't work like that. How old is he? What's the real problem? Did he have an accident? Is it a long standing problem? Did it happen uh, through trauma or did it happen over time? These are all issues like in a house. It's basically the same thing. I want to see how these things evolved. And again, that's a part of the experience. Now, when a patient walks into my room, I can see the problem within the first three, four, five minutes I used to use 45 minutes when I started my work, okay? When I was first looking at the house, I had to work and get things evaluated for, let's say, a week. Now, I make a decision within a couple hours. know, this is evolution which takes place and that needs a lot of patience if you decide to do it how I'm doing it. You can get advice. You can get help. You have to pay for that, and there are very, uh, there's a lot of potent people out there. And I use a lot of people. If I, I, use the right people. I know who to use. If I don't know the answers, but I think most of, not all of them, but most. If, if I need an engineer, I, I, I'm not an engineer. I'm going to ask an engineer. You know, if I have electrical problems at the end, I'm going to ask an electrician, but if it's just making decisions, what needs to be done, I can make that decision on my own now.
0: I think it's, there's so much there. And I, I think what I'm hearing a lot as well is it's, you know, start small be disciplined, take care of the foundation, uh, and and learn along the process. Like you said, you're not afraid of making mistakes, and you've made a lot of mistakes. But because of that, and also getting your hands dirty, building your own home, building, you know, not being this armchair investor. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what people want to do, that that's okay. But if you want to have, and like myself, I love being here physically on the ground, seeing, learning what they're doing, asking the questions. I like that. And and that takes time and it takes, you may make mistakes, but you then learn from it. And I, I, I find it funny sometimes where people say, you know, property investing is passive and it can be, but at what scale do you want it to be? So yes, you have an income that comes in on rentally, on a monthly basis. And yes, you can remortgage um, a remortgage property and take capital out. That's great. And that could be hands off, but it also has a whole scale where you can be really hands on, where you can learn all of these these points that you're mentioning, and that's the part I I love as well.
1: See, it's it's um, when I was working in the states as a chiropractor, I, it was my first years. I had a, I was working in an office, and we had a. We had the yellow pages. I don't know if you still have that, but there was the yellow pages in a
0: museum was, somewhere. I think. Yeah, my most <laughs>
1: like. And we had an advertisement of yellow pages, and it was like two hands, and it was written, "Our state-of-the-art equipment." You know, I mm-hmm. never forget that. I maybe I still have it somewhere lying around. You know, this I made a copy of it and took it with me. But that's our our state-of-the-art equipment is our hands. On one hand, for people like you and me who want to work hands-on. And, and of course our head and heart at the end. Uh, what I want to say before, you know, there's, of course you can be uh, sitting back and investing into the right portfolios and saying, I'm gonna get a return 1%, 2%, 3%. That's great. You know, if, if you don't wanna make your hands dirty and if you find the right portfolios to invest, I don't think real estate is a bad thing to invest in. But if you're looking at those global cycles, which, which you know, not just the cycles of, of, of a lifetime, but of, of the world, you know, and you see how things are coming and going, you have to be aware that if you don't have spare, if you don't have space, you know, from your investment, if you don't have some kind of a reserve, the danger of losing it all can even in real estate. Be look at what happened in the States in 2008 and nine. look how many people lost their homes, how big companies really, really, uh, I mean, uh, this downfall of, of, uh, of, of, of the, the, the real estate market with the money industry, which I, I know nothing about banking and how money is being transferred from here. I just know about my business, you know, but, uh, it's very hold on, bye bye. Um, it's very important that you have to uh, that that you have to understand that you are focused on the way you do your business. Right, you know, it's very very important. You can do it in many ways. I lost track. Sorry, you can do it in many many ways. But you have to make at the beginning, like I said, you have to make a decision. What do I want to do? If you have a lot of money, you don't have to make your hands dirty. If I had a hundred million to invest, would I do what I did now? Well, I would most likely. You know, I would still do the same thing, Uh, you know? But if if it wasn't me for another person to say, am I gonna make my hands dirty? Do I want to build up a business? Deal with those uh, people, the, with the electricians and the plumbers and this and that. No, that's not everybody's business, you know. Even th- it's a big danger there because you can get, you can have the wrong people. You can come to the wrong people, especially here. You know, you have discrepancies in 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 bills that are really humongous. You can have somebody uh, offering you. A thousand for for and the same thing you can have for five thousand. So there's a there's a big gap. And it doesn't mean that the five thousand is five times better. It can even be that the five thousand is a lot worse than the one thousand you had. So this is something you have that's the net where the value of network comes in, because within the network, people they're gonna have experience from each other and if you make if you're having a bad business or you're a bad businessman or you do something really bad and you don't have moral values you're not going to stay in this network if the network has a solid foundation you know yeah
0: and especially in property i think uh, even though it's quite a large uh, uh industry as a whole i think especially in switzerland i think it's actually quite a small community when you start getting into uh I guess, these larger builds, or you start getting no one around uh, that, you know, you, you treat people respectfully, you pay your bills on time, uh, you 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 know, you and you and then you identify the people who do the same good quality work. Uh, they, you know, I, I think, I think the network is small enough that I, I don't believe you would survive if this is a long term kind of goal
1: the danger is there's still people out there who's trying to or who are uh, trying to earn easy money you know by faking things by presenting the bank eventually this is like a snowballing you know eventually it's not gonna work out the people on the top that do it first they're gonna for them it's gonna work out Financially, maybe, I don't think it's from the karma. If you're talking about karma, it's not gonna work out in their karma, but it's gonna work out financially. These are the unhappy rich people, I would say, if they're doing it consciously, doing it something consciously about, but there's a lot of those out there, you know. talking about the small, I know of people like that. I know how they function. I know how on a high level, those reports are being played with. You know, that the bank gives them the money they need. And since for the past, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 years, the prices has been going up and up and up. It's been working out. That's why the FinMA has been putting on those breaks. Despite those breaks, despite those breaks, we still have people faking their reports because they are working with people with big companies that are also doing the same thing for because it's his body, because it's his network. You know, there's networks like that too. So it's not, uh, you know, I'm very openly talking about saying maybe I'm stepping on somebody's feet. I'm not mentioning any names or people or companies, but I know they're out there and those people know what they're doing and they're very conscious about that, And but they don't care. They, have, they want to have their trip to south of France every weekend with the private jet. They want to show off with the most expo- expensive cars or girlfriends or whatever. That's okay, it's their lifestyle, it's their life, it's okay. I, I can understand that, but it's on the back of the people, you know, of the population at the end, because who's gonna pay the bill? It's the masses and not the individual you know so there's the social aspect of the whole thing that you're doing and with me i'm trying to keep that social aspect always in front like when i rent houses i don't rent them over price because i don't i'm not here you know i don't have to push my tenants and my tenants usually all of them or not all of them but most of them they stay long term i have very few for the amount of units i have i have very few changes you know but this is when the person who started to work with me uh, said, you know, I was working for this other company and we had to change every month. We had five, six, seven, eight changes and with you. It's like once in a while something comes in, we have other work to do. That's different, but that's something I don't have because I'm doing it, I think, from my point of view in a very healthy way, growing healthy, coming back to what we said, growing healthy and health also in real estate is quite important.
0: You know? And it's it's ethical and it's and you're building and you've come from a legacy and you're building a legacy and for your, you know, and you you said you're employing 70, 80 people. So you've created a whole community and industry that is, I hope, is is going to last generations and will continue but to different grow. Different
1: businesses, too, I have to say. Ah, this different
0: businesses, okay. This is
1: construction business, is a part of it where I have 10, 20, 20 people roughly being working with me in different positions. But, I but have your philosophy a, is the same. So that's that's all your business, yeah, 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 right.
0: And I, and I think that's important. I think it's a question you asked me actually uh, earlier. What is your objective? What are you trying to achieve? What is the goal here? And I think it's it's important to have a good foundation, a good guidance, because we can all give numbers. I want to have these number door number of doors, and I want this amount of income. But that 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 will come. But that's not a that's not a a path to happiness or success you can you can achieve that in many different ways but if it's you know to create good quality home and environments for people to live in and grow families within and 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 treat people with respect and uh, you know th- these things are a great foundations you can rely back on when making decisions you know there's no there's no ethical questions there you it's clear what is the best thing for you know the people, how do we treat people respectfully? How do we build good quality homes? And yeah.
1: I think a car, even a car seller, a car salesman who's selling cars, that there's good and bad, you know? And I like the ones who are honest. I work with people that are honest with me. Of course he wants to earn money. Of course he wants to sell it. Of course he's pushing me. But if he's honest with me, I can live with that. But a lot of people are selling something they are not, they don't have in their hands and in real estate, the danger of not being able to see the x-ray, not being able to see the MRI, not being able to see the inside of the house is very big. And the bigger the building, the more costly it's gonna be if you do the wrong decision, you know. So that's the experience you have to buy or you have to have. And nobody knows everything as much as I don't know everything. I'm trying to stay and I've always uh, trying to be humble about my knowledge as much as I could, and trying to ask the right people if I didn't feel comfortable about something. And it's better to ask one more time than to, you know, it's better to get a second opinion, you know.
0: That's why I'll be coming to you, Ermen <laughs> you'll, se- you'll be my second, third, and fourth opinion. Uh, well, Ehrman, thank you very much. I- I've kept you for uh, over an hour now, and it's um, I- I'm a very, uh, appreciative of of your time. I know you have a business and and this is your 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 property day, so I won't keep you. But I I just want to say thank you very much uh, for what you do and uh, and also helping me on my journey. And and I, I look forward to the future as well. Um, and if uh, just as a question, if people want to work with you, do, is that something that's available? Do you have a business that they can contact you on a property, or h- how does it work?
1: Honestly, no. <laughs> okay. I business i just work with the people i have it's enough if if there's something like what we did right now which is like teaching knowledge exchange i can live with that do that in a sense of you know having but i'm i'm not i'm i'm not i don't see myself as a. Uh, I don't want to sell my my, my uh, how do you call that i don't want to sell my services knowledge. My yeah. services. I don't yeah. want services. I'm giving away. You know, you're seeing my my here uh, on my heart. I have yeah. this. It's called give a chance. Uh, what I'm doing with the money I'm earning. Part of it is going to Cameroon. I'm building houses. There. I'm building schools there together with a non-profit organization. And if I have to make a decision, helping somebody uh, or I can help people. Yes, but I have my day full and doing it on a limited time yes i can do that like what we did today but doing it extensively and professionally i'm not willing to do that i have so many things to do and this is at the moment this is on my heart and this is what i have to do and finish up is our third school in Cameroon. just to say that wow this is our project which we have there also building of course having construction and making uh, schools now we have about a thousand kids there which are uh which we are giving a chance to have an education. It's small, but every drop is gonna hopefully help and change a little bit of the, of the direction which we, the world is going to. You know. oh, thank you very much for having me. Likewise, uh, so thank you. for talking to you.
0: Absolutely, and best of luck with the, the school. When will you finish the third one?
1: Uh, beginning of next year, hopefully. We are wow. having a great event uh, in October. And we have a gala event where we have like music from all over the place. We have uh, acrobats. We have uh, a real cool event where we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to raise some money, some more money for the school.
0: Amazing! Uh, Amazing! It's yeah, gonna be quite cool. I wish you all the all the best of luck, Owen. Thank you. That's all we have for today's episode. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast with your family and friends and leave us a five-star review. They will thank you for it and we are able to reach more people and support them on their journey. Also, feel free to join us on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok to keep up to date with what we're working on and to see some of the renovation projects. Finally, we've got some exciting news. We are starting a new podcast segment where you're able to ask your questions and we'll answer them live on the show. So if you'd like to record your question, go to swisspropertypodcast.ch and ask. Don't worry, you can do it multiple times before you're comfortable with the question and then you're able to submit. We look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, good luck on your property journey and bye for now.